0: Hello and welcome to Watch It Baptist Church Online. My name's Mike, I'm the pastor at WBC and you're joining us for the first in a new sequence uh, for teaching which is called Understanding Jesus. And we'll take probably five parts as we run in towards Easter to look at some of the facets of who Jesus is, some of the different ways in which he might be understood. We're starting with the idea of Jesus as priest and for that we're looking at Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 to 14. We'll read those in a moment, but first let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that there is so much still for us to understand about who you are, what you've done, and what you're still doing by your Spirit. We pray that you would excite us and inspire us with our understanding, and that we would be moved to know you more and to pray to you too as part of of how we build our relationship with you. Be with us, we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start by reading uh, from Hebrews 9, verses 11 to 14. I'm using the NIV this time around. But when Jesus Christ came as High Priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Tucked away on the Kent coast lies the little seaside town of Herne Bay. And several years ago now, I visited Herne Bay for the opening of a housing scheme. It's a scheme for people with social care needs. Anything really from Down syndrome to being frail in old age. One of the residents there had a particularly special claim to fame. She knew Len Goodman, who at that point was still a judge, a head judge indeed, on BBC's Strictly Come Dancing. Not only did she know him, she would actually taught him to dance when she was a dance teacher many years before. It was a story that she liked telling, and you couldn't blame her for that. By the time she was telling it to me, though, she wasn't doing much dancing at all. Her life was pretty limited. The reason I'd gone to this official opening ceremony was because I worked for the council that had commissioned the building. It was a brilliant building. It was warm and comfortable and well-equipped. There was a kind of internet cafe inside and a hairdresser, as well as a shop as well. And I was there doing public relations. That was my job. I'd invited some local journalists to come and see this brilliant place and I'd gone to get my own pictures and gather information and some stories for a press release. It's the kind of thing I did quite a lot. One of the things that really stood out in the years I spent in that job doing that kind of PR was this. Lots and lots of people, some of them quite old, others definitely not, were stuck. They had one need or another that they could not meet for themselves. For some it was making meals. For others, it was getting dressed in the morning. And there were some lonely men and women who were struggling financially too. With each of the folks with these different kinds of needs, there were different ways of responding. Some of them were quite creative ways. You see, part of the way the council responded, and I'm sure lots of council did this too, was to give each one a personal budget. The amount of money available for meeting their needs was made available to them. They could do anything with it, that met that need so one guy he decided that he would have his main meal in the pub every day with his personal budget and that way somebody cooked his main meal for him and he wasn't isolated at home for each person who took that step they needed someone to make their ideas happen to make the things happen that would mean their needs got met they needed someone to talk with them about what the options were and help them achieve what they wanted and this person was sometimes called a broker now, why am I telling you all of this? Well, because this short passage from a letter to Jewish Christians called Hebrews talks about a kind of broker. Jesus Christ, says the writer, is a priest. He is someone who stands as a representative doing something for you. Now, the idea of what priests are and what they do and why they are important, that's less well understood in 21st century society. And fair enough. But if we're going to understand why a priest is important and what it means for Jesus to be one, we have to find a way of making the concept make sense in our own circumstances. Now, Jesus is not a broker, but there are some similarities that I think might be helpful. Besides which, the writer of the Hebrews letter was saying something similar. Jesus Christ says the writer is a priest, but not in the way you think of one you might be tempted to ask, do brokers working in social care often deal with the blood of goats and calves and the ashes of a heifer? And quite clearly the answer is a resounding no, and they'd probably be quite um, freaked out if somebody asked them to. Just think of the health and safety implications if nothing else. But the ancient Jews had a code of laws and animal sacrifices that included goats and sheep and cattle for different reasons. More on that from Leviticus. And this letter to a bunch of Jewish Christians for about 30 years after Jesus died, we think, has something very specific to say about those sacrifices. And basically it's this, there's only so much that a ritual can do. Whatever your ritual, whatever your tradition, there's only so much it can do. Only so far it can go. A ritual cannot change you on the inside. Any more than putting up Christmas lights is going to make you feel peaceful, despite the peace on earth and goodwill to all. Quote from the Bible. The writer of this letter is saying something like this: Your life is limited. It's limited by things within you, things inside. Whether it's damaged relationships or broken community or frustration at yourself, or the cringe-worthy moment from a childhood that you can't forget, or the mistake that you made that you can't seem to fix, and the implications just won't go away. And then the writer says this all the rituals and traditions and routines that you have all the things that you hope will put wrong things right none of them can change you on the inside they can't heal the damage they can't deal with the mistake they can't restore the relationship by themselves for that you need something to change on the inside and to change things on the inside you need a broker you need someone who can help you explain the options and deliver the change that you want The writer of Hebrews calls that person a priest, and because of what a priest is, that can be a helpful term. You see, a priest speaks up for you, he's an advocate, like a broker. A priest can ask for things from the authority on your behalf, like a broker. The difference with Jesus Christ as a broker is this he put himself on the line. A broker will do things for you. A priest would make sacrifices to change things on the outside. He would do the rituals for you so that things would change for you but he could not change who you are. So says this writer he did something bigger. He did not make a sacrifice for you he chose to be a sacrifice for you. This way the impact of the sacrifice was bigger and better. The impact did not stop at the outside but was powerful enough to change the inside as well. The old sacrifices, the blood of goats and all that, could not change you on the inside. But this broker, this priest, Jesus, he can change you on the inside. But he doesn't make you. Just like a broker for social care won't make you accept help. But if you want help, a broker is what you need. If you want something to change, it's Jesus. That you need and he is a broker who will ask you what you want to change he will take your call for help and find a solution that is best for you and he will put it in place with you let's pray father we thank you that you made jesus available to us as a priest and that anything within us that we want to be different can be because of jesus we pray that we would take hold of that possibility that we would say yes please asking for the help that we need and trusting the holy spirit to be part of how that need is met thank you father for jesus our priest our broker our friend amen Okay, we're looking at three questions as normal. Question one is this What ideas of Jesus get in the way of him being a priest who wants to help? Kind of what concepts of Jesus that we already have can can leave us sort of forgetting that he can be that priest for us? How do our ideas of Jesus get in the way of that? Okay, question two What do you want Jesus to change about you on the inside so that you're clean? This passage in Hebrews. is a lot to do with how we become clean and that means sort of right the the word conscience is used at the end of the passage if we're going to become clean as people what is it on our inside that needs to change what are we asking Jesus to change about us question three isn't really a question it's a challenge I'm going to challenge you to thank Jesus for being a priest for being your broker for being somebody who will advocate for you speak for you understand your circumstances just thank him for for being that in your life and the challenge is to do it every day for a week seven days of thankfulness thank you for being with us for this session it's been great to join with you and i hope to see you again soon our next session will probably be on jesus as a prophet i'll see you soon